Howdy listeners, Audio Monkey P Money here. Apologies for the recent delays. Welcome to episode 91 of Crypto Weekly. Prince Andrew Pinky promised this week that he isn't a paedophile <laughs> and had the audacity to claim his alibi was taking his daughter to a pizza party. This week in the crypto news, Binance banned by Weibo. Tether announced a gold-backed stablecoin. The Chinese army have their sights set on world domination through blockchain. And glorious Andrew Yang, hashtag YangYang, wants to regulate crypto at a national level. All this and more on this week's Crypto Weekly. Listener, if you enjoy the show, head on over to patreon.com slash crypto weekly. And this week, we have a bit of a public service announcement. The Crypto Weekly boys are being turfed out of their natural habitat of a Tuesday evening. The studio somewhere in East London, we have finally outstayed our welcome. <laughs> so if ever there was a time when we need you, the listener, to dig deep and sign up for the Gentleman's Club or maybe even the Boyfriend Experience, now is that time. Their, their Patreon tiers, can just to clarify. Yes, they are crypto big. Without further ado, though, let's get started with the show. I'm joined by Dr. P Money. He's back in the studio. Howdy. Yeah, I'm back. Apologies. I've been away for quite a while, it seems. Supping on a Tinto, I see. Oh, hang on, no, I thought I was sipping on a, a delicious brew dog. Oh, yes. Great, thank you. Great All right, fix. Good. Yeah, no, it's delicious. Um, it just <laughs> happens to be red. Mr. Crypto Beak. Beebity Boobop, it's me, Positive Crypto Beak. <laughs> that one's for you, Mr. Foo. What are you drinking, friend? I'm drinking. Other than positive vibes. I'm drinking two delicious brew dogs because I had one and opened it and then accidentally opened another. One blue, one green, both great. <laughs> Have you tried mixing them together? Oh, you crazy fool. <laughs> Mr. Prince. Hello. What are you shopping on, friend? I mean, you already know, Ken, but for the record, I'm sipping on a delicious and refreshing Brewdog Punk IPA postmodern classic. <laughs> As you know, I'm contractually obliged to ask what you're shopping on. Correct. This week, I have yet to put a dead pony club in my hand, but I will do so imminently. Listener, just know, by the time we've started the news, I'll be pouring a sweet, sweet dead pony club down my gullet. <laughs> time for the news. First things first this week, as a crushing blow for CZ and Binance, as a Weibo ban them from their platform. Together with Tron, um, but OKX, among others, survived the ban hammer. How big of a deal is this? Will CZ truly be upset by this? Especially considering China seemed to have relaxed on the cryptocurrency stance somewhat. I'm not sure they have, though, Ken. See, I think that a big problem with um, the whole China situation is we're getting... Um, I think a lot of it might be lost in translation. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> and I think, I think having been... This might not be entirely consistent with what I said last week or the week before, but I think what's actually going on in China is they have kind of caught up with um, where like corporate America was 
right about halfway through 2017, which is blockchain is amazing, cryptocurrency not for us. I think they've bought the underlying technology meme just a bit later than everyone realized it was stupid in the West. So the reason I say that is because we've heard a lot of positive things in the last few weeks, but they they are all centered around when you dig dig deep around blockchain technology. And we're also seeing just as much FUD as we always have about cryptocurrency from China as ever, including the fact now that they've, um, as you rightly point out, banned Binance's account on, was it we Weibo? Weibo, which is like Chinese Twitter, if I'm not mistaken, which just seems like a mental thing to do. Like, it's not like CZ is, has ever engaged in any of the like Ponzi activity that they've rightly called out as being ridiculous or the outright scamming that they say that they're trying to crack down on. If anything, he's running one of the most legitimate operations in all of crypto. And they've said that he can't have a, a Chinese Twitter account. They've, they've gulagged CZ, mate. It's outrageous. There's a lot of rumours about China bringing out their own state crypto, right? They confirmed it's going to happen. Uh, right, so it would seem to me that it would be in their interests to shit on all the other cryptocurrencies, but say the, te- uh, the technology is sound, and actually we're going to build our own current cryptocurrency on the sound technology, but we're going to do it right. Is that why certain exchanges have gotten away with surviving the Weibo cull? I feel like they are surviving. I feel like it's kind of uh, tall poppy syndrome or whatever. I feel like they're just way, way, way under the radar. Like the Chinese government have never even heard of of any of these literally who exchanges. But Binance, it, as a le- legitimate company in crypto, is big enough to fall under the remit of the banhammer. So apparently the reason that Binance got it was because they were accepting uh, fiat for crypto via WePay and Alipay, via WeChat and Alipay. Chinese government not up for that. So they basically banned crypto transactions on Alipay, stopped Binance being able to do that, then banned Binance from Weibo, whatever. The other exchanges weren't accepting fiat payments from China. Okay. So that's like, I don't think anyone's quite sure because all Weibo said that... um, Binance had done was violating law and regulation. <laughs> but I also think that China are a lot more positive on cryptos than we have seen in the past. They're educating, their, they're putting out these pieces on Ethereum and Bitcoin. They said Bitcoin's broadly been a success. Uh, so I still think they're much more bullish and positive than they were a year ago. But they're not quite telling all the citizens to buy Bitcoin or get executed. Just yet. So was it the Chinese government that made Alipay quit their association with Binance, or was it Alipay themselves? Uh, I mean, I can only imagine the reason, the only reason that Alipay would not want to process more transactions, okay. I would imagine, was because the government told them to. Mm, okay. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't know that for sure, but I would imagine that could be the only real reason. Mm. I remember seeing that on Twitter a few weeks back, actually, and it was quite amusing. CZ announced their new feature that you could pay with Alipay, and Alipay responded saying, 
hold on a minute. We're we're not into this big guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're probably terrified. But there have been a couple of other stories this week that suggest that China are very into crypto. So first we saw uh, the number basically two weeks ago. Winnie the Pooh said we need to get involved in crypto. Blockchain is great. We need to invest more in blockchain. We need to be the leaders in blockchain. And it seems like everyone in China has been like, we need to get Winnie the Pooh on our side. And they've been trying to say they're involved in crypto. Like this story about the Chinese army trying to use blockchain. Correct. Presumably because he's saying we're going to give out loads of grants to any blockchain stuff. And anyone who uses blockchain is going to be great. They're like, we've got, we'll we'll use blockchain. (laughs) And another report that came out in the block this week about how many Chinese firms claim to be using blockchain. So apparently over 32,000 claim to be using blockchain, less than 3,000 actually use blockchain. So there still does seem to be, people are clamoring to seem like they're using blockchain in China, which makes me think that the government must be pretty positive on it. So it doesn't seem like a lot of people are really going against what the government tells them to do. Correct. I like the fact that the Chinese army's approach to using blockchain is sort of the way that the Boy Scouts use the left-hand sleeve of the uniform in that you put all <laughs> you put all your achievements and operations get sewn into the blockchain to show that you're like, I don't know, like you did a great job at like executing a Hong Kong protest or whatever. Whoa, spicy. Uh, we are totally gonna get banned in China. <laughs> Doubt China a lot. Still going strong in Iran, though. Mm. But in fairness, land of the free. In fairness, we do all all militaries do that, sticking things to the uniform. So correct. But now China is going to put it on the blockchain, and Mm. that's cool. Doing a digital. I would like. I would like to delve into this um, Chinese army embracing the blockchain meme. Um, Because it's written down in the show notes, and I feel we can expand on this. What a meme it is, Cad. I mean, it's been written down in the notes as the Chinese army says total world domination can be achieved only through the blockchain. Yeah, I feel like that was a print, the printer's take on that one. I'm not, I don't think they well, exactly said that. <laughs> I would like to hear how they're going to extrapolate their use of, use of the blockchain for achievements into total world domination. Look, what the big guy says, the Chinese army do, mate. So if the big guy says... We're into blockchain now. The Chinese army says, you goddamn right we are, and we'll achieve world domination through it. <laughs> My favourite part, though, is you're getting rewarded. If you're in the Chinese army, you do something good. Who knows what that might be in Hong Kong? You do something good, you get a shit coin. <laughs> They're saying, like, you're going to be rewarded. They've obviously clamouring to find a reason to use blockchain. And they say, we'll, we'll, we'll store your information on the blockchain about about what missions you did and that. And everyone's like, couldn't you do that on a piece of paper? And they're like, no, but we'll, we'll give you bonuses through through uh, army coin or whatever. So it seems like if you do, <laughs> their first plan is, if you do a good job in like soldiering around, you do your push-ups, you shoot some people, and you're going to unlock some blockchain achievements. That actually wasn't the most hilarious use I discovered. Um, which was the fact that they they considered blockchain technology a way of achieving superior encryption for state secrets. They're going to upload state secrets to a blockchain for some reason because they think that that's better than 
yeah. wherever they well, keep it right now. That's only for their like they they do talk about how they're going to have that top secret stuff. Yeah, it's also going to be on a blockchain, a, a private blockchain that only presumably the Chinese government cool like mine and produce the blocks, which didn't didn't seem that great of a use case. Mm. But also, I think it's good that we'll uh, say America. It's like, oh, I wonder what China up to. Then they look at one of their crack team of soldiers and it's like, uh, did st- one 17 army coin for spying in Washington. And they're like, oh, interesting. So I think there's still a few creases to be ironed out in this mm. whole plan. But, but the, someone the in the army is getting some like citizen points for coming up with the idea. Yeah, the enthusiasm is an absolute 11 out of 10. <laughs> So that's a lot. I mean, there's going to be a whole lot of this army coin floating around, given that the Chinese People's Republic Army, or whatever the hell it's called, I believe is the largest employer in the world. Woo, lad. Mm. NHS comes in fourth in that, by the way. Any thoughts on the NHS, Ken? By God, it needs saving. (laughs) From one supreme leader giving handouts to everyone, to another, (laughs) the supreme leader of Hashtag Yang Gang, it's Presidential Hopeful. Mr. Andrew Yang, who says if he gets into power, he wants to regulate crypto at a national level, i.e. a federal level. What does he mean by this? He says that there's no one basically looking at cryptocurrency at a national level at the moment. He wants to bring back a Department of Technology, which apparently got dissolved in 1995. He wants them to post up in Silicon Valley and basically think about cool tech stuff, mainly AI, to make sure that everyone gets $1,000 per month. But also to understand crypto, to iron out like the regulatory disputes, figure out what's the security, what's it, what isn't. Um, and he cites the Zuckerberg hearing where all the Congress members were like, <laughs> trying to ask, the Facebook people, like where information was stored, if they could see the house if they turned their iPhone on. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure you've hacked my central heat in because when I deactivate my Facebook account, like my air conditioning didn't work. He, he said it was. He said it's embarrassing to see the ignorance of some members members of Congress when talking about technology, and he's not wrong there. You're absolutely right, Beak. I feel like you've uh, given a great synopsis there. The only thing I'd like to add is that this is the man who I believe was speaking probably in a public park or something when he said this, at the same time that he was denied um, access to the latest primary debate in America, despite the despite the fact that he was polling way higher than some of the candidates that were allowed to speak. He there. was what you fucking what, mate? Correct, mate. It was yeah. Why? What? Um, so, I Just don't know. The system's broken and corrupt, man. Yeah. Nowhere near lizard enough. Clearly. Um, yeah, so just for anyone out there who thinks that the um, democratic primary process has improved in any way since the absolute third trimester abortion of 2016 is completely wrong. So some other stuff that might have led to that is him taking shots at big tech, a.k.a. lizard tech. <laughs> I'm saying that they have too much power. He spoke interestingly about giving property rights to your data to stop the Zuck 
and the rest of the lizard people from stealing and monetizing our data. Yeah, he just basically wants to adopt what he calls a 21st century approach to regulation of crypto and seemingly technology. So once again, the young man doing the business. Correct. I did know. Yeah, I did. That was a standout piece for me is that he said specifically called out uh, big tech for um, exploiting the exploiting everyone's personal data without consent or without any representation or recourse or frankly compensation to the users themselves, which has been a absolutely giant problem for decades now there's sailed completely under the radar and it's very encouraging to see at least someone somewhat mainstream talking about it so hold tight andrew yang something that the free market has demanded clearly because otherwise why would they be making it we have tether gold coming <laughs> to a computer near you bloody great tether backed by physical gold that's cool Greater backing than most fiat currencies around the world. Tether had quite a few issues with him being backed by things, though, Ken. They did. We are to assume we've got a tiny speckle of gold to every $100. Or maybe, who knows how much there is. That was, I think Tether need to work on, in my opinion, their existing issues. If they could iron out the Tether dollar and say, here's the money... We've got it all covered. Here's exactly how it works. Get rid of the FUD. I think Tether Gold would be a great idea. I don't think it's such. It's going to work so phenomenally for them right now, though. What information do we have so far about Tether Gold? To be honest, Ken, very little. Um, so I haven't seen anything that explains how they're going to uh, move the fractional reserve model. They employ to both keep um, USDT pegged to the US dollar and run a profitable company over to gold. And the reason is because if you collect a load of dollars, you can, and we speculate Tether do, buy things like US treasuries with them and earn money. The great thing about treasuries is that you're going to earn a very modest but some amount of interest on them. And then if ever someone wants to, if ever there's a huge redemption of Tether and they suddenly need all US dollars, things like US treasuries are so liquid that you can convert giant, ginormous, like incomprehensibly large sums of money in treasuries back into US dollars without ever like... um, concerning the market or anything so that's a that's a good thing for that's a good asset for them to have on their balance sheet because you know they make a little change they get to cover their operating costs and make a profit but they they are they're also taking very little liquidity risk when they hold things like that but what i don't know is if that model is going to translate over to an asset that's far less liquid which is gold i mean if they're going to physically hold gold which i think they are <laughs> to back up tether gold tether gold token and then not only that, but I feel like the price of gold fluctuates way more than, say, the dollar does to other fiat currencies. And also, in, ter- in terms of being collateral, it's a more volatile asset than U.S. treasuries are. So I think if your mission is to uh, keep 
your token pegged to the value of the collateralized an asset and ensure yourself again or make sure you're very well prepared for any mass redemption of these tokens at any any given time and make sure you can redeem those it's going to be way way harder to do it with gold than when you collect a load of nice us dollars so this sounds like a riskier venture than tether and as beak just pointed out they haven't done a sterling job of managing it with us dollars so remains to be seen how well this will go for them so to put what you said in normie speak prince you're saying that someone can just buy 100 million dollars worth of tether at the click of a button correct but tether can't really get or will struggle probably to get 100 million dollars worth of gold into their vault yes in a second yeah so theoretically someone could buy 100 million dollars worth of tether sell 100 million dollars worth of tether within minutes even seconds yeah they're going to be very hard pushed to to get that gold and offload it at the same pace at which they they could move the tokens around yeah absolutely this the selling part being especially problematic because if there's ever a loss of faith in the fa- in Tether's ability to to um, redeem uh, Tether gold for the money that you put in. The value of the token could drop precipitously as a result. So yeah, it's also pretty amusing that Tether's pitch is: you send us money, you get Tether. You send us Tether, you get money back. So. You send us money, you get tether, gold, <laughs> which is backed by gold. <laughs> then you send us tether, then we sell the gold and we give you money back. <laughs> yeah, doesn't the swat? It doesn't quite seem as smooth. Yeah, as the tether dollar could be, yeah. and actually isn't at all in practice. But I mean, yeah, that's why I feel like they they should iron out their key business model. Yeah. before they move into the gold market. What I do like about this, though, is that it's this... Um, they are appealing to a demographic that has little faith in crypto. I mean, little faith in fiat, sorry. Yeah, but... Gold bugs. Yeah, do you think these nutters who are holding gold and <laughs> Mac 11s for the end times are going to trust some company yeah. called Tether to hold the but, gold group? But that same demographic is extremely... While being open to alternatives to fiat is extremely sceptical of crypto. Especially being like... This is some random company and we'll hold your gold for you. If the world collapses, like if you want your gold, drive your pickup truck to Connecticut or whatever and show us your ERC-20 wallet. I mean, very odd. Or your Mac 11 and then we'll probably give you something. But that said, I will say to the gold bugs that they have forever wanted fiat to be taken back to the gold standard they forever wanted say the us dollar to be um to represent a claim on uh gold held in like fort knox in america and now they they don't have a state-backed version of it but you have a private version of it so maybe it's time for you uh 
consider how happy you would be with that arrangement in practice. And by some metrics, Tether is the biggest cryptocurrency by volume. Correct. Yeah. So there, yeah, there, I see what you're saying, Prince. There are a lot of use cases for it. I that on that note. So we we've always mentioned that Tether is very popular with. Um, Chinese merchants in particular sell a lot of goods in Russia. Then they use Tether to take the funds back to China, basically. I kind of think that Asian interest in Tether could have been, at least in part, because I think gold is also very pop a popular asset in that market. And it's yet another way for them to avoid or at least have the potential to avoid capital controls like of getting loads of yen out of the country so maybe i don't know that is just me speculating but i think that like the asian um interest in gold as an asset and the existing demand for tether in that market might be those two things might coincided and be an impetus behind this product and with that we're going to end the news and it's time to move on to beach market watch Okay, well, let me take a quick look at Coin Paprika then. Yep, just as I suspected, we got wrecked. <laughs> Crypto market cap is currently around 225 billy, down from 241 billion seven days ago, so we lost 7% or so. Bitcoin lost 6.5% to $8,150. ETH lost a mere 4.5%. So the very aesthetic $177 at the time of recording. And there's been quite a lot of hopium around with the, A, the upcoming upgrades to the network, B, the DeFi numbers, which everyone is absolutely fired up about, and C, this week, ERC20 transaction volumes flipped Ether transaction volumes on the network for the first time, meaning that non-Ether, uh, tokens are doing more volume on the Ethereum network than Ether is, mainly Tether. Uh, that's depending on how you look at it. Some people have been pretty fired up about it, saying Ether's going to $7 million, whatever. whatever. <laughs> the Bitcoiners are still going, Ether's going to zero. Uh, but overall, it's been a relatively decent week for ETH. Now, I want to ask you guys, we didn't get to this in the news, but what do you, any of the prestigious panel think about ERC20 tokens uh, overtaking the volume of the Ether token on the Ethereum network? I feel like that's exactly where, if you were holding ETH, you would hope it would get to. Because that's demonstrating that the underlying technology <laughs> is actually useful to more people than the people that are just running the, the actual currency itself on the network. Wasn't this big brain Vitalik's plan all along yeah i mean if you i think the network i agree with what p money said ethereum's meant to build decentralized applications on if none of them have any volume what's the point of ethereum although there's an argument to say that there are a lot of the the dApps actually run on eth and the all obviously all this volume is coming from other cryptocurrencies other erc20s but yeah, overall, I think it's pretty positive too. We've got Tether, uh, which is doing a huge amount of volume. Apparently, Bat is doing quite a lot of volume now. They still have to pay gas in ETH. Yeah, overall, I'm I'm pretty positive on it. Prince, any thoughts? Yeah, I agree. I just 
think that it all comes down to how well this will pump the price of gas or like pump the usage of gas and and what effect that'll have on the price of ETH. So, and whether or not people have previously overestimated that and expressed it through a higher price of ETH than should be, like, than would be justified, basically. So it could be, so it could be really, really good for ETH in the sense that ETH will, like, um, never, ever, ever be less, like, be worth less than, like, $60, which is really good in a sense because it's never going to go to zero, but it's also really bad if you bought loads of ETH at $1,500. Yeah, so you're basically saying the multiplier, it's, like, the same as people try and value stocks or any kind of uh, equity or whatever. It's it's decided on the multiplier of the revenue or usage or something like that. That's still to be determined. Yeah. And I think that we've spoken about that being a risk for utility tokens throughout whether the actual utility can ever outstrip or basically represent as much value as the speculative worth of it in 2017. Yeah, I agree with you there. But just as far as uh, the actual use case coming through, I think it's starting to start to show that people do want to use decentralized applications. The ERC-20 tokens aren't necessarily just ICO scams, even though a lot of them are. And uh, I think it's positive too. Agreed, agreed. So the highest uh, volume ERC-20 tether is the only coin in the top 10 that's not lost over the past seven days. Bitcoin Cash, Bitcoin Satoshi's Vision, and Stellar have all got thoroughly pounded for about 15%. Tezos, the only non-stable coin winner in the top 20, has made another 3% or so after after making an absolute shit ton last week. Uh, we thought that was probably due to them being Bitcoin's first staking token. Bitcoin introduced staking. If you have Tezos there, they'll give you some rewards for holding it based on you delegating your Tezos to them. However, this seems to be continuing the trend uh, of the price increase of Tezos because Coinbase are currently over-delegated by 300%. So what that means is, they basically have to lock up a certain amount of Tezos uh, and then they can delegate a multiple of that. So right now, I think they've locked up like, let's say it's uh, 800,000 Tezos and they can that gives them the ability to delegate 6 million Tezos. But they've got like 20 million Tezos delegated. So they can only pay the rewards to 6 million of the delegate Tezos, which means they've got to increase their bond to the point at which they can... There are people, let's say everyone had one Tezos, there are 20 million people who want a stake on there. They can only pay out to 6 million unless they increase the bond. So all the Tezzy boys are fired up because they think uh, Coinbase is going to have to market by another few million Tezos in order to fill out all their customers' demand for it. Whether they're actually going to have to, whether they've just got a bunch in on standby that they haven't they haven't fired up yet, who knows? But Tezos price is still going up, and everyone's absolutely frothing about the idea that Coinbase might have to market by a shit ton of Tezzies. Maker down four percent despite releasing a long-awaited multi-collateral die, which is now being referred to as just die. While the Prince's favourite Orca lost almost 14% on 
on uh, its rep token, despite the degeneracy of election betting season looming on the horizon. <laughs> uh, if you happen to give a fuck, and I know you do, Prince, you should check out August Twitter. You can take part in user research sessions to try and make the UI less shit, more understandable for V2, which is coming in now six weeks or so. They were aiming, I believe, for the start next year. So we're creeping up on that. Uh, the biggest loser, top 100, is Aurora. The Aurora chain token, which lost another 50% this week to add to the 75% loss this year. During a period where basically everything else has made loads of money, Aurora's getting slaughtered. Uh, it's another delegated proof of stake Ethereum killer that is bleeding out in the gutter like the dog it is. <laughs> Rip. Uh, crypto Twitter, again, largely unbearable this week. Probably even more uninformative than usual with two Chinese crypto women, Celia Wan and Dovey Wan, arguing over some documentary that aired in China this week. Uh, Big Dovey, who we've quoted a lot on the show, she was basically saying that this, it's like the 60 minutes of China, apparently, except even more serious or something. She said that it was fudding crypto really hard. They were going for the blockchain, not crypto meme. While Celia says that Dovey has fucked it all up. And the actual message was that while you should watch out for crypto scams, there's still a lot of good stuff going on in crypto. Uh, based on recent push for crypto that the Chinese government have had, I reckon Big Celia is probably correct, so hold tight her or whatever. And fuck you, Dovey, you mong. That's all from me in this clown market, Ken. Back to you in the studio. If I may, Ken, I feel like Dovey Wan got a bit of a hard time there from Beak. So I think that a lot of the... In the Twitter thread that the Beakmeister is referencing, I think that... So she posts... She wrote something... To, words to those effect and then she posted a video underneath of um winnie the pooh speaking chinese with chinese characters so um obviously none of us uh one language brainlets understood what the fuck was Speak going for on yourself, Speak for yourself, bro. <laughs> yeah. what the fuck? but um i'm sorry <laughs> beacon is portuguese i forget uh but the, all the people who can speak Chinese went on, clicked the video, and were like, "What the fuck does this even mean?" Thinking it was completely unrelated. They then went in. They then went in like um, total rage mode, being like, "This video is from 2014." Blah blah blah. It's like not even related. And Davyuan came back and said, "Yeah, it was a me. It, like it's apparently some kind of meme, either in China or in Chinese crypto Twitter." So she wasn't saying that that was a video of like relating to the text above. It's just that this completely, clearly awful meme went over not only um, Western crypto Twitter's head, but even Chinese crypto Twitter's head. So, but Celia Wan, who seems a very level-headed character, correct, said it was a very confusing tweet, and she drew a very different conclusion from the documentary than okay. Dovey did, aside from this very dubious meme that she posted as well. So. Well, that I don't struggle to believe. To I be still fair. think Celia... I'm Team Celia. Okay. And if Dovey wants problems, she can get <laughs> what I'm saying. Do we have any Prince Scoville Corner to finish us off this week? We've got we've got one thing, Ken, and that's I just want to let everyone know, because I know it's on the 
it's the one question that everyone wants has been absolutely burning away in people's minds is does the prince remain on the path of the righteous in november and i can proudly say that the answer is yes he does I want to give a huge shout out and a huge hold hold tight to everyone who. Right, maybe maybe hold loose is a more appropriate <laughs> shout for this one. To everyone who's done the same in November, let's face it, it's been the, the um, longest nineteen days of our lives, but we're still in it. And I also want to say that if you're listening to this, because this will probably come out a few days, it's been recorded on the nineteenth of November. It'll come out a few days later. A few, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if if you are still on the path of the righteous it is far too late for you to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory by fapping in november and if you are ever tempted in the last few days of november what i want you to do is picture your seat in the halls of valhalla being cruelly snatched away from you and thrown on the fire for a mere moment of worldly pleasure. And then you will do what I do and realize how ridiculous that is and hold the line, hold tight. GP is manspreading like nobody's ever manspread before. Exactly. And I think it's uh, that's that's a telling telling stance that you have there. Well, to be honest with you, P-Money, if the dull ache in my balls let me (laughs) keep my knees any closer together than they currently are, I probably would, but I'm afraid they do not. I hope you're going to go and get your prostate checked after this month is over, big guy. Wow. But with that, we will end the show. Dr. P-Money, say goodbye. It's good to be back. Uh, you can catch me on Twitter at Dr. P Money. Mr. Crypto Beak. Uh, that was me, Crypto Beak. Uh, for more positivity, follow me at crypto underscore beak on Twitter. Have a great week, guys. And crypto, I think, is going to go dead high. We're all going to make it. <laughs> Open source software is good as well. Mr. Prince. <laughs> it's me, the Geordie Prince, and you can follow me on twitter.com at hrhgeordiep. That's at hrhgeordiep. EP. Many, many thanks. Bitcoin Bubele could not be with us this evening, unfortunately. He is busy sunning himself in Sevilla. You can follow him on Twitter at Bitcoin underscore Bubele. I am your host, CryptoKen. Follow me on Twitter at CryptoKenCan. You can also follow the podcast as a whole to stay updated with what we are doing and what we are releasing. That's at CryptoWeeklyPod. But you, listener, you have been informed. You have yourself a fantastic morning slash afternoon slash evening. You have been informed. We have been Crypto Weekly. And you're oh so very welcome. Good night. <laughs>